welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. So a couple things I know we're going to do tonight in our way to full-fledged believers meetings. One of them is, um, I think it's time we just pray more people in the church. Pray more people into the church. Amen. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. I believe when we pray here, sinners feel something out there. I remember uh, not too long ago in one of these prayer meetings, I felt really impressed with the Lord to pray something that's really not you know, a glamorous prayer, but sometimes you have to just go to drastic measures. <laughs> but there are times I feel prompted of the Holy Spirit to pray for lost people to get a revelation. I mean a strong wake-up revelation that they are not okay without Jesus. They are not okay. Because if people feel like they're okay without Jesus, they're probably going to keep going on without Jesus. But we need to pray that they are, they, they, Lord, help them to realize, help them to feel, help them to see that they are not okay. Because really, before people are interested in the good news, they need to know the bad news. And it's not comfortable, but it's life-saving. I said it's not comfortable to know the bad news, but it will save your life if it points you the right direction. Can I get a witness? And I, I think sometimes we need to pray that. So that's one thing we want to do tonight before the night's over. The second thing I want to do is I want to pray for Jesse, Dr. Jesse Duplantis. We need to pray that the Lord anoints him big time and that he doesn't hold back one bit when he's here at the church and he just lets out what the Lord wants him to let out. We've had times, you know, he was in our church one time and the place was packed, balcony, everything was packed and I'm, I'm, I'm listening right here on the front row and he's like, he says, all right, there's somebody in the car. He started operating in the gifts of the Spirit. He said, all right, there's somebody in here right now that you are, you hate, you hate your father and you actually have thoughts of murdering him. You need to come forward right now and get delivered from that. That's the enemy messing with you. And I thought, that's pretty bold. And somebody came forward. <laughs> that's pretty powerful. Then he started talking about people being abused in their past, saying, you need to come forward right now. God's going to heal all scars and everything. And so he does move out like that. And recently, I guess he gave more of his testimony when he was caught up into heaven. And got to see heaven. I don't, I don't believe all heaven stories, but there's some I do believe because they totally line up with Scripture. And this, the, the Holy Spirit witnesses with me that it is true. You have to look inside a lot. First to the Scriptures, then inside. And, and so, I don't know. I mean, maybe he'll start sharing his heaven testimony. If that's something the Lord wants him to share here, we need to pray that he has liberty and freedom to share it. And of course, we'll pray that he has a safe trip here and back, uh, here and back wherever he's going to go after that. But... I want to do that. And so one other thing I'd like to do is I want to share a couple more scriptures with you along the lines of what I just spoke to you about in concerning the offering here. Is that okay with you? Yes. I just, I wanted to title a little mini teaching here called In the Beginning. All right, so I just want to go a little further with that because I believe it's something we need to do tonight. So if you would please, um, look, go back to Genesis chapter one and um, I want to, and we'll, We'll move forward as the Holy Spirit directs here. I don't believe the whole thing's going to be a teaching tonight at all. But I do, the Bible does say when you come together, every one, of ha, one of you has a psalm, a tongue, a doctrine, a revelation. Well, this is a revelation I feel like I need to share with you tonight. Because I still feel like a lot of people are shooting themselves in the foot by things they're saying and then asking God for help. But you know, they, keep, they keep speaking things that are opening the door to problems and they keep asking God for help and the cycle keeps going. They got the problems, they get the help, they go back to the problems, they get some help, they go back to the problems. How about, how about instead of just swatting flies in the house, let's shut the screen door. Yeah. Can we do that? Instead of just swatting flies left and right in the house, how about we shut any doors that are letting the flies in? Is that a good idea, anybody? I got a book recently off of Amazon uh, concerning health and nutrition. And I haven't read the whole thing yet, but it's entitled Heal Yourself. And the whole emphasis of this book, and the guy's a Christian, the whole emphasis of this book is mo most of the sicknesses on the planet today are because of what people are eating. 
I think it was 50 to 70% of the sicknesses diagnosed today are because of poor diet. And I know you can go crazy in this area and you can start believing more in food than in God and that's not what we're talking about. I'm not talking about count, looking at every single label, but being led by the Spirit for sure and having some knowledge. And I thought, that's a very interesting thought. This guy said in the book, he said, if people would just be a little more disciplined in their diet, they would avoid all kinds of sicknesses and problems and premature this and that and diseases. And so I thought, that, that's a really good thing. So let's, let's just talk a little bit about maybe something that's been opening the door to problems in our life. And let's shut it. I guess we could say, shut your mouth at times. <laughs> Speaking to me, first and foremost. Um, Genesis 1. So with everything we've already said during the offering, look here at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 again. Genesis 1, 1. And it, what does it say? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. Here, here you see this? Okay, so, so here's the earth, right? He already created the heavens and the earth. And then something obviously happened to where there was darkness and chaos on the earth, and we don't have a lot about that in the Bible. I guess we don't need to know about it. Um, God is light, and so if he's going to create something, it's not, he's not going to make darkness. Dark, dark, he, he's light. And so this darkness somehow came on the earth after he created it. Are you following me? And the Spirit of God is moving on the, in this chaos, this chaotic area. God doesn't create chaos. So somehow the earth got chaotic after the Lord created it. It could have been a thousand years, could have been a million years, could have been five million years, I don't know, could have been a billion years. But after he created the heavens and the earth, something happened to where darkness and chaos was all around. I personally think it was the fall of a pre-Adamite world. I'm not saying they were human beings. I'm just saying I believe it was the fall of a pre-Adamite world that caused darkness and chaos. The, Peter talks about two floods in the New Testament. One was Noah's flood, but then he talks about another flood that even affected the, the heavens. And I, I think basically what it was is there was, a, there was a world before Adam and Eve and God had to wipe the whole thing out with water. Everything. No soul saved. No Noah saved. That, that was a different flood. Everything perished with this flood. And I think that also gives us a, a good clue of where evil spirits come from. I think they come from the pre-Adamite world. And then your salvation doesn't hinge on this. I'm not trying to make you believe this. Okay, you don't have to say amen if you don't want to. But I personally believe demon spirits, because we know the fallen angels, they're reserved under darkness uh, and everlasting change unto that great day. But where do all these evil spirits come from that the angels are already chained up? Well, I think they're disembodied spirits of a pre-Adamite world. And they know their lease is about up and uh, they're more scared than ever. As you can look around and see, it seems like the devil is more scared than ever. He knows his time is short. But I guess that's a whole other message. But look here in verse 2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So see, the water is, is also mentioned here. But do you notice here? Everything's chaotic. Everything is dark. The Spirit of God is moving. and Nothing is happening. Until, can somebody tell me, until what? Words from God came forth. What's the next verse say? And God said, let there be light, and there was light. It seems to me that the Holy Spirit is waiting for something before he can change something. Hmm? You know, even the song we were singing tonight, as we were singing the, the song, I, I was kind of like thinking about some of these things. And you know, I'm not saying it's, the lyrics are terrible or, or anything, but I was just thinking about how 
really the Holy Spirit is here because he said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. Really, instead of maybe praying, Holy Spirit, come, maybe we should start, start speaking the word of God so the Holy Spirit that's already here can start doing something instead of just moving over the face of the deep. He can yeah. create something when he hears words. What's the Holy Spirit waiting for? Are we waiting for him or is he waiting for us? Are we waiting for him to come or, or is he waiting for us to speak? Because here, he was moving on the face of the deep, but nothing was happening. No light was coming on the scene. Nothing was being created. Until God said, light be. And the Holy Spirit said, okay. Here comes light. 186,000 miles a second. Hasn't stopped yet. So I wanted to say that because nothing happened until God said something. Well, do you think that applies to us in any way, shape, or form? that maybe not much is going to happen until we say something? I mean, if God had to say something, are we greater than Him? Can we just want it and it happened? It didn't even happen for God that way. Can we just need something and it happened? It didn't even happen for God that way. He had to say something. Well, I have a feeling we're going to have to say something if we want to see some changes in our life. Can I get a witness, church? Nothing happened until God said something. When the, what is the Holy Spirit waiting for? He's waiting for somebody to speak some words of faith so he can create some things that he's been wanting to for, for all along. Some people think, well, I just, I'm just waiting for God to take this sickness away. Why don't you speak healing over your body so the Holy Spirit can make healing happen? And I think where a lot of people get disturbed about this is when they don't see immediate results, they don't think anything started. A lot of times when we speak words of faith, something happens immediately underground at the roots of problems, at the roots of things. Or we could say in the invisible realm. When you say something in faith, something started. But if the devil can convince you nothing started because you don't see or feel a change, you'll stop believing and that thing will never show up or it'll be very, very delayed until you start believing and speaking again. So turn with me to Genesis chapter 2, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 3, New Testament, Hebrews chapter 3. I said earlier that to speak is work. It's work to speak. God rested from his work. How did he, what was his work? He said. He said. He believed. He said. He believed. And he rested from his work. It must be work to speak in faith. Yep. It must take work. Right? Mm -hmm. Well, let's look here in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, New Testament. Hebrews 3, 1. And if you don't have a scripture, they'll put it up, or a Bible, they'll put it up on the screen. Notice it says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. <laughs> Glory to God. That's us, you guys. Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Our what? Our profession. He's talking here about our words of faith in God, our words of faith. Actually, the word can be translated confession, but I like the way it has profession because really, our speaking the word of God, it is our profession. It's our work. It's our trade. It's how we acquire things. It's our work. See, this is more than just something we do when problems arise. We are constantly saying certain things. It's our profession. Now, I've done a little work on electrical outlets at my home. <laughs> you know, putting in dimmer switches and doing this and that. But I'm not an electrician. It's not my profession. I don't do it all the time. This we should be doing all the time as our profession. It is not something you want to do part-time. You don't want to slip in and out of good confessions. You want to maintain a godly, Bible, positive confession all your life. And if you hear yourself saying something against the Word of God or against the fatherhood of God or against what you know scriptures declare, 
You need to say, I don't believe that. You need to catch yourself. You don't want bad, complaining confessions going out into your future unrepented of. I'm telling you, the enemy can work with that junk. I mean, he can say, God, I have a right to do this because they spoke it and they didn't repent. And God's going to say, well, yeah, you kind of do because it was their choice to speak it. And I don't want the devil having anything to work against me in my future. And if I say something, I know. And you know, if you're a Christian and you're living even fairly close to God, your conscience is going to let you know when you just said something you shouldn't have said. And if, when your conscience pricks you like that and you know that you just said something you shouldn't have said, deal with it immediately. Because the longer you wait, the less you're going to feel convicted about it and you need to get it right. All right, does that make sense? Look at Hebrews 10. Turn to the right, Hebrews chapter 10. We're talking about how things get started in our lives and how things come to fruition in our life. Hebrews 10, most people do not see the value of words because the fruit of words never shows up immediately. Now, sometimes it does, okay? Especially if you're like Jesus or God, things happen quick. And as you develop in faith in certain areas, you'll see quicker and quicker results too. But why use the word fruit if it happened immediately? Does fruit imply immediately? Or does fruit imply time? Seed, time, harvest. Well, the Bible says in Proverbs 18, don't turn there, but Proverbs 18, 21, the Bible says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Fruit grows. Fruit takes time. And people are deceived thinking, well, the problems I'm in today have nothing to do with the way I've been talking. Well, that's basically saying God's word's not true. It's just that it's so far back when you started saying those negative words that you're not seeing the connection. This is exactly what the devil wants. He wants you to think, it's not your words that cause you these problems. No, bad things just happen. And sometimes God wants you to suffer and all this other stuff. You say, shut up, devil. I repent for any wrong words I've said and I'm going to start speaking the words that God wants me to speak. So, Hebrews 10, verse 23. <clears throat> Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he, God, is faithful that promised. So again, why would, you, why would he tell us hold fast? Why would he tell us to hold fast, not quit, not give up? Because you will be severely tempted to say things out of, not in line with faith that you need to watch out about saying. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. So to speak right is work, because he says again here, it's a profession, it's work, it's a career, it's something you do all the time. Okay, you like that? Now look at James chapter 3. Go to the right a couple more pages. James chapter 3. Somebody says, well, it can't be that simple. You mean I just changed my words and I changed my future? You got it. But there is a key there is a key here. Look at chapter 3, verse 1. My brethren, don't be many teachers, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things, are you there? Yeah, in many things we offend all. And if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. So let's just stop right here for a second. So if we get this talking thing down right, what does that show us? It shows us that we're maturing. We're not just saying... <clears throat> everything we feel. Paul said, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I understood like a child. I, I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. One translation said, when I was a child, I felt like a child. I had the feelings of a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. What does that mean? When I became a man, I started talking more on purpose than just because of what I feel. I put away childish speaking, Paul said. I put away childish understanding. I put away childish thinking when he became a man. So in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a mature man, and able also to control the whole body. Can your tongue actually control your body? 
What if your body's wanting to go the sickness route? Can your tongue bring it back on the healing route? Yes. Well, it has to because he says right here. And we have all kinds of scriptures that show us the truth. If your body starts to go a wrong direction in sin, can you make it get back on the right path with your mouth? Absolutely you can. Next verse. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. So let me, let me just say something here, one more thing about these last two verses. Many people are practicing this verse, but they're practicing it in the opposite. Their body is controlling their tongue. If they feel the pain, they speak the pain. If they feel this urge, they speak this urge. It should be back, that's backwards. Our tongue is supposed to be controlling our bodies, not our bodies, our words. Saying what you feel can get you in deep trouble. The Bible says, a fool utters all his mind, but a wise man keeps it till afterwards. One translation says, a fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man refrains his tongue and, and thinks about what he's going to say before he says it. So this scripture says our tongue is supposed to be bridling and controlling our bodies. But so many people's bodies are controlling their words. They feel the pain, they tell everybody on Facebook. They feel this, they tell it. They're saying what their body is doing instead of, instead of controlling their body, they're repeating what their body's signals are giving out. And that's, that's why so many people are in trouble today because... Did you know the more you say something, the deeper it goes in your life? Yeah. All right, read on. We put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships which they be so great, they are driven with fierce winds, yet they're turned about with a very small helm whithersoever the governor listeth. In other words, you can be in a great storm going the wrong way, and if you'll use your words right, you can turn yourself around in the midst of a great storm and start going the right way again. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindles. <clears throat> so basically, we, we could dive into it more, but for time's sake, let me just say this. If you don't like the course that your life is taking... Your hand is on the wheel. You can turn the course. Even if fierce winds are beating across your face and it's stormy all around you with all kinds of tests and trials and problems, you can turn the course of your life to whichever direction you want to go with your tongue. Just like a bit in the horse's mouth and a bride, just like the rudder on a ship. You can turn it whatever way you want. And here's the thing. If you stay on course, you will eventually be in a whole new, whole new realm. If you stay on course. But how many of you know driving down the road, boom, going like this, boom, going like this, boom, going like this, you're not going to get very far. But if you hold that wheel in a certain position for a while, guess what? You're going to get somewhere. Oh, I believe I'm blessed. Oh, that stuff doesn't work. Oh, I believe I'm healed. Oh, I feel so sick. You're going like this from curb to curb to curb to curb. You have to stay on course for a while if you want to see a change in your life. Just like a steering wheel, just like uh, a bit in a bridle in a horse's mouth, just like a rudder on a ship. You have to, you can't go on a boat and just turn the rudder this way and, and then go this way and then go this way. If you want to turn around, you better hold it. Even when the winds are beating, even when the storm is flaring, you have to, if you want to see your desired haven, you have to stay on course. So we go the way of our words. So what does, that, what does that do for us? Well, it should stop us from blaming the government about all our problems. It should stop us from blaming our next door neighbor's dog that barks all night. It should stop us from blaming the post office. It should stop us from blaming our spouse. Because if we go the way of our words, why blame anybody else? One more thing I want to show you. Look here at Mark chapter 7. Mark 7. Actually, Mark 11. Mark 11. Mark 11. 22. Jesus just spoke to a fig tree. The disciples were freaking out that it withered so soon after he spoke to it. 
Jesus said, no man ate fruit of you hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. And they came by about 24 hours later and the thing was totally dried up from the roots. And Peter was like freaking out, calling to remembrance, Master, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus said in verse 22, have faith in God. For truly I say unto you that whosoever, not just me guys, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. Okay, so keep it up there on the screen for a while. So what's the first thing the Lord said that we need to do if we want to see a change in our life? What's the beginning of the process? Somebody tell me. Whosoever shall say. What's the beginning of seeing something changing in our life? According to this verse, it's not even praying. We totally believe in praying. Are you kidding me? The next verse talks about praying. But in this verse, there are sometimes things aren't going to change until we say something about those things. If you want things to change, you're going to have to talk to some things. Like Jesus talked to the fig tree. Well, that sounds weird. It's weird not to do this. You're a child of God, made in the image and likeness of God. You're the offspring of the Most High. It's weird not to do these things. And to keep letting the devil run over us and these things run over us. Thinking we're victims and not victors. Thinking we have nothing to say about cancer or this or that. You have everything in the Word to say about cancer. Word to say about cancer. You know what you should be saying about cancer? I'll not have it in Jesus' name. He bore it for me. For once. And if you want to really get bold, curse the dumb thing and say, get off of my body. Dry, die, leave in Jesus' name. I have seen the quickest results in my life in some of these areas of receiving healing because I've been attacked just like you in this area of taking authority over that dumb thing and commanding it and telling it where to go as opposed to just keep asking God to help me, keep help. God said, I have helped you by giving you my name, authority, and power. Use it. And I know a lot of the church world thinks we're crazy, but you know what? I'd rather be thought crazy and live in health and strength and overcome stuff than to think I'll have a great reputation with everybody out there. Notice he said, the first thing you want to do if you want to see things change is you need to say something to your mountain. And it could be a tumor. It could be depression. It could be fear. It could be hypoglycemia. It could be anything. Speak to it. But pastor, that's weird. It's weird not to follow the Lord in this. It's weird not to speak to a problem in your body. And really, if people would just slow down and realize they do it already. Right? The toaster doesn't stay down and they start talking to the toaster. You stupid thing. And they hit it. You talk to things all the time. People talk to things. Their car breaks down. They kick it and they go. They cuss at their car. They're talking to their car. Well, if it's okay to do it in the negative, why isn't it okay to do it in the positive? You want to watch out, you know, about cursing something that you want fixed. Because last I found out, cursing doesn't help very much. If you want something fixed. Now a tumor or a growth curse the dumb thing. What do you mean? Curse it. Command it to die from the roots. Get off of my body. This is my body and you're trying to invade it. Stop. So pastor that sounds weird. I'm telling you guys. I'm telling you. The only reason some people think this stuff is weird. Because they see themselves as only human. And we are not only human. We are born again children of God. And the Bible says we are to be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. Well, if God don't want us doing it, then maybe he shouldn't do it, right? It'd be like a parent saying, don't smoke while they're smoking, telling their child, don't smoke. Honey, don't smoke. Well, that's ridiculous. God wants us learning some of these things. Jesus is teaching us in this verse how our Heavenly Father gets results. He says you guys can start operating on some of this. Not like we'll always be His children, you know, He'll always be God. But we need to start rising up and saying no to some stuff. Um, One other thing I wanted to say about this verse is where it says do not doubt in your heart. Now, this is really interesting. He says, mountain, you say, mountain, be removed. Tumor, be removed. Depression, get out of here. Be removed. And this person shall not doubt in his heart. What's what's the definition of doubt? Can somebody tell me the definition of doubt? Just take a shot at it. What does doubt mean? 
Not believing, questioning maybe, not being persuaded. Not trusting God, not being fully persuaded. But you know what's interesting about this verse? He's not telling you don't doubt God. He's telling you don't doubt you. Don't doubt that what you say is going to come to pass. He's telling you not to doubt what you say. He's saying, you, you, you speak to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. You don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say is going to come to pass. You'll have whatever you say. See, the devil wants you to leave everything up to God. If it happens, it's God. If it doesn't happen and God didn't want it to happen, that's what the devil wants you to think. It's called opening the door to him. There's a lot of things that the Lord told us to do that if we don't do them, he's not going to. So when we speak to a mountain in our life, whether it's fear or anxiety or depression or sickness or disease or whatever, when we speak to that thing, we need to believe that what we say is coming to pass. And then Jesus said, you'll have whatever you say. We're not these little earthly worms that the devil and all this humanistic stuff is trying to get us to think we are. We are children of God and we do have power. Say, Pastor, that sounds arrogant. Well, call it whatever you want. I call it confidence. The Lord loves confidence. He loves it when we take him at his word. I would like to tell you, in wrapping this part of my, my session up here, I would like to tell you this. Don't ever underestimate the gradual moving of a mountain that you just spoke to. Don't ever underestimate the gradual moving of a mountain. Because some of these things don't happen overnight for a couple of reasons. Number one, we're not fully developed in faith and there's opposing forces and some other things. But don't ever, don't ever think nothing great is happening just because nothing immediately happened. Don't ever think nothing great is happening because something didn't immediately change. Something great is happening. Are you kidding me? The moving of a mountain is a big deal. The moving of a cancer is a big deal. The moving of whatever that's not right is a big deal. Don't ever think something great is not happening just because you didn't see immediate results. Never underestimate the gradual moving of a mountain. Because if you're speaking in faith, something's happening or Jesus lied, the Bible's not true and heaven's not real. Well, friend, the Bible is true, heaven is real, and Jesus didn't lie. Something's changing if you spoke to something in faith. Believe it's working. When it looks like it's not working, when it feels like it's not working, maybe the doctor said it's not working. You know, doctors are limited. They're doing the best they can, I hope, but they're not God. And doctors telling you there's no hope is not Jesus saying there's no hope. So... Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand up just for a second and then I'll let you sit down again. Just stretch a little bit. And we've got about 15 minutes left here. So somebody tell me, in the beginning was what? The Word. The Word. So if you want something to start afresh, what should you do? Find some scriptures and start saying them. If it's prosperity you need, find prosperity scriptures. If it's healing you need, find healing scriptures. If it's freedom from fear you need, start by, find freedom from fear scriptures. There's like 365 of them in the Bible. Be not afraid, fear not, find them. And then do what? Say those scriptures over your life. God has not given me the spirit of fear. I'm not going to fear because God's with me. I'm not going to be afraid because he, he'll never let me down. Go ahead and be seated. You guys hang in there just for a few more minutes. Let's do some praying and anything else the Lord might have for us tonight. Father, for the rest of the service, we thank you for what we've already received up to this point. For the rest of the service, Father, we look to you for direction. Lord, we're open to manifestations of your Holy Spirit. We're open to prophecy. We're open to tongues and interpretation of tongues. We're open to the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. We're open to discerning of spirits and special faith and working of miracles and gifts of healings and prophecy and tongues, interpretation of tongues. Father, we're open to all the manifestations and anything he wants to demonstrate, we yield to it. We know there's things you want to do and say in these meetings that are life-saving, life-changing. And so, Father, we know that the pastor is not the only one who has the Holy Spirit. We know the pastor is not the only one who's going to be used in this area. And so we look to you and we thank you for direction.
We thank you for demonstrations of your Holy Spirit, manifestations of the Spirit. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Let's just lift our hands and thank the Lord for manifestations of the Holy Spirit happening in these meetings. And of course beyond, but for sure in these meetings. Father, we thank you for manifestations of the Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. If you can put that scripture on the screen, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Just feel free to speak in tongues, pray in the Spirit for a minute. Pocotelia vanda e cragina e previanco, bropodonoste, vangrania e pro bojota, vontiana, ambre kefiano. Bombre jege akutufuku ustolomo, om promotive, gianto, bromonoste, vitiano, bronde, icra, vianta, e pre giato, mondele frepacasa, viantele me pauto, crofigina, Ecre vina ampro vonoote, Brahmana ikisito, bromonochik, vete ikra viant. Just everybody right now be open to being used of the Lord. And I'll let you know when we get to that part. Just be open right now. Picano frojon. What do you mean being used of the Lord, Pastor? I mean through it with a tongue, an interpretation, a prophecy, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, a revelation. God wants to say and do things through all of us that bring great edification and help to all of us. God wants to say and do things not just through the pastor. He wants to say and do things through all of us so that all of us can be edified, all of us can go home on a higher level, all of us can go home encouraged. And it's not all up to one person for that to happen. Father, we worship you. We thank you. We praise you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says when you are come together, every one of you has a psalm, hath a tongue, hath a doctrine, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. I'm going to say that again. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, when you're come together, how is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you has a psalm, has a tongue, has a doctrine, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Vondele me ampanguino ofrechiace que usto bromonote vende criano brongele etetepe praitavo oteke. Okay, I'm just going to step out here and see if this is the Holy Ghost because I'm, I'm still learning like you guys are. Bob, do you have something from the Lord? Something you feel like you need to speak out? Don't feel like you have to, but anything stirring in your heart? Not right now? Okay, we'll come back. Vandele frepico socosina vantiela ampre chianto bromonoce Vinda ecre ifro mojona antecrefiano brocota viate chiastolo fromopoostica vianto bromonoge ita creviano. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, can I just have your attention just for a second here? Now, if I do ask you something like that, um, I'm doing my best to follow, follow the leading of the Spirit. And there are times you may not feel like you have anything. But if you just step up and say, yeah, by faith, something will come. Are you listening? Sometimes you just have to say, you know what? I believe that the leader of the meeting is hearing from God. I must have something that my brain don't know I have yet. And sometimes just in stepping out and saying, I got something that I think will help the congregation. And you have no idea what you're going to say. But when you take the microphone by faith, and you put it up to your mouth by faith and you start talking, all of a sudden God's going to give you something because you stepped out in faith. So that can happen. I just want you to know that can happen. All right. Everybody say this. I am not nervous that pastor is going to call on me.
<laughs> Friends, this is our living room. You're your family. We should move out in these things and not be afraid to make mistakes. It's okay. Okay, Lord, so we just look to you and we thank you for direction. We thank you for edification. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you're you could just speak in tongues, pray in the Spirit, stir up the gift that's on the inside of you. Pocutulam afrandange et declainto, manda grethiasa kufra mokootave, vanda gremanishi kufra tena, ambra keasta kuutano, grojofe, vianto, brahmaneshe, grifiana, ante, bregalanisho, pocolo de froonte, crendana, ambra. You'll be amazed what comes out of you if you'll step out in faith. You'll be amazed. It's, it's powerful. It's wonderful. Pocostele fre pepiantic, crefa gagini otolomo promotike, vianto, grofosona, grefa gagina ete preito. The Holy Spirit wants to do great things through us all, not just one or two people. Bonde grefa sinito, brondele fre caanto, bronde egragiinto, bromote. Okay, let me just do this. Let me do this. So keep, keep praying. Stay in an attitude of prayer. You don't even have to open your eyes if you don't want to. But is there anybody, and I know a few hands may go up, but is there anybody that really sense you have something right now that you need to speak out from the Lord? Raise your hand if that's you. Anybody at all? Come on forward. You want me to bring the mic to you? Just say it. Say it from your heart. And, if, and, and when you're done reading, get, just see if there's anything else hot off the wire too, okay? Don't you know, don't you know how much I love you? I watch you sleep and my heart melts over you. I see you as you go through your day. Sometimes you are aware of me and sometimes you get caught up in the day-to-day. But I am your constant lover, your constant guide. I see you when you think you have failed me. No, I say no. Never do I see you in that way. I can only see you as my beloved. I treasure you. Never forget how much I love you. This is the heart of the Father for you. Thank you, Lord. So I just want to share a little bit. Um, quite a few years ago, I was saved in about 1973, so this is probably like 75. And talk about words. Um, only this was from the enemy, but I did not realize it at the time. <clears throat> and I was just laying in bed, innocently reading a little, one of those old Kenneth Hagin books or whatever. And in my right ear, I heard an audible voice, and it said, you're going to die. And I thought it was God. I knew Jesus as my Savior. By that time, I knew the, the, the Holy Spirit as my baptizer. But Father God was pretty scary. He was like, I don't know, he might hurt me or something if I don't quite perform properly, you know. So it took, it was, it's been a journey. I had, I got, um, probably for about five or six years, I had panic attacks. I would have heart palpitations. I would feel like I was going to die right on the spot. I had three little kids. I was by myself. And it was just a very hard time. And through circumstances, um, I went to a meeting, actually a Women's Glow meeting, and the speaker talked about the Father's love. And out of Isaiah 41, I think it is, um, it says, um, Behold, I will do a new thing. Soon it will spring forth. And um, from that day on, those panic attacks really, really, really subsided, and I don't have them at all anymore. And um, so I just want to say one thing. I don't know where you're all at with the Father's love for you. Um, I'm sure everybody in here knows Jesus as their Savior, and you probably, a lot of you know the, the Holy Spirit as your baptizer, but take a look and see how you view the Father, and if he is at all scary to you, ask him to help you walk out that great love he has for you. That's good. 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 Thank you, Lord. 
Brandy, you got something? Why don't you come on up? We've only got a few more minutes. And again, I'm going to say the same thing to you too. When you're done with what you have to read, just close your eyes and see if there's anything the Lord wants you to speak out of inspiration. Like, just, just be ready. If you don't, that's fine. But I do feel like we, we can stretch too. We can so just, you'll be amazed what comes out. Go ahead, share what you got. Because it goes along with everything that was spoken. And man, that was a powerful word tonight. Whew. Um, but if there's a time when you're wondering, what, how do I speak to the mountain? What do I say to these symptoms? What, how, how do I handle this situation? And this is what the Lord put two things on my heart. And uh, James 1, 6 says, but he must ask in faith without any doubting. And that's the same thing as wavering, in my opinion. That's how I see it. Doubting is just like, you're this way, you're back and forth, just like what Pastor was saying. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. But the brother of humble circumstances is to glory in his high position, and the rich man is to glory in his humiliation, because like flowering grass, he will pass away. And so if, we, if we're having these times where we're like doubting and we're to and fro and we're back and forth, we need to, we need to become stable, like he's saying with that ship, with the, with the steering wheel. We can't go back and forth and then expect to yeah. get the answer. We can't expect to get the healing. We can't expect to get the revelation. We can't expect to get the restoration of these relationships that have been haunting us and we're praying for them over and over if we're in one sentence confessing this and when the next thing confessing right. that. And, and sometimes that can even happen when we have to visit doctors over and over and speak our, our, our symptoms over and over and over and we get with other people that are ill and it's almost like a support group and you have to, you keep speaking it it just it just infects everything good that you've spoken out and so just be if you need wisdom do I go to the doctor do I not go to the doctor do I quit taking this do I not don't ask all the right, other right, people right, right. ask God who <clears throat> gives wisdom without reproach that's good and then um, three verse um, six says well, Pastor already spoke this part, and the tongue is like a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue, the tongue is set among our members of that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course, the course of our life, and is set on fire by hell. For every species of beasts and birds, of reptiles, of, of creatures of the sea is tamed and has not been tamed by the human race. Has been, not has not been, has been. But... No one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Our tongue can literally be poison to those around us and to our own selves. What we're saying, what we're confessing, what we're declaring over our bodies over and over is like an injection, like a venomous snake putting putting a poison right into our system. It says, with it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men. The Lord reminded me, Brandy, how are you using your tongue? You, you, you keep confessing these good things over your body on one time, but then you're cursing this person, you're complaining about this, you're, you're criticizing that. It doesn't work that way. We must purify this tongue if we want it to work and be to our own benefit. If we want it to be healing to even our own flesh, we've got to start speaking well of other men, even if we don't agree with them, even if we don't like them, because every man is made in the likeness of God. God has a destiny and purpose for every person. So if healing isn't coming, look to who you're talking about behind their backs. Look to how you're looking at them. Look to how you're judging them. Look to how you're analyzing things. And then maybe that'll be a, a, an open door to healing and a closed door to the enemy who keeps having a judicial, legal right to keep sickness in your body. And I don't mean this to be a sexism compliment, but especially I think as women, we can gossip and break each other down. That breeds sickness. Um, so watch, watch your tongue. Yeah, and then it so. says, um, from the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brothers, 
these things ought not to be. This is the Father telling us, children, I love you. You can't have it both ways. You cannot curse out of the same mouth and bless your own body for healing out of the same mouth. So I guess my petition to you, as it has been to myself, really, this, this seems so foreign, I know, to most people we may know, our own family. Look to every word that's coming out of your mouth. Not just this, not just in front of us and each other, every word. Yeah, if every true. word that comes out of the mouth of God is important and we are imitators of him, look to every word that is coming that's out of good, your mouth. Andy. Good. Let's stand up, guys. Well, Father, we're just so thankful for the mercy that you've given us and the grace and the power. Lord, we leave this place tonight on a higher level. We thank you for helping us. We prepare for next Wednesday. We thank you for everything you're doing in our church. And Lord, we come into agreement right now for Jesse Duplantis to speak bolder and more confidently than he's ever spoken since he's been here. We're asking that you'd give him the exact words that this church needs and any ministry of the Spirit through him. Let it happen in Jesus' name. And Father, we pray for the people of our valley and beyond. We just pray people into our church. We're asking that you'd help the lost people to see they're not okay without you. Help Christians that are kind of like shuffling off or slacking off. Help them to see what they need to see, to get on fire again. Lord, we pray that your house is filled. And we know you'll give us opportunities to bring people and invite people, and we'll do that. But we're asking for your help on this. We're asking for the anointing to help this church to receive the people that you want to be in this church. And we thank you that it's happening, Father. We thank you for it forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 